comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode number 27. That's three to the third power, guys. Did you know that? Get off my Millennium Falcon. And joining me this week, as always, in my journey at DC TV Podcast, Iris West and Eddie Thon's wedding planner, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Uh, let's get rid of Barbara. <laughs> Played by Harrison Ford tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And Nissa, Nissa Al Ghul and Oliver Queen's wedding planner, Richard Feldman. I'm thinking scimitars everywhere. <laughs> oh, Felicity, you stand next to me. Guys, we are hurtling toward our season finales. We have one more episode of Gotham left, I think. Uh, 22 Ooh. episode season, and that was 21 last week. Uh, we are up to the 20, let's see, the 21st, the 20th episode of Flash. 21st episode of Arrow. Mm -hmm. So, guys, we're coming into the home stretch here. It's not going to be long uh, before we get to some season finales. I think we're seeing a lot of those those threads coming together, um, especially with uh, the Flash and Arrow this week, for sure. Oh, definitely with Arrow. Let's, um, by the way, I just want to uh, congratulate uh, Rich on his uh, getting to meet and interview Diggle, a.k.a. David Ramsey from Arrow. That was awesome, Rich. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. I wish I could have got more, but it was it was still awesome. That's cool. Maybe next time, uh, um, uh, Emily Bet Ricard will be coming to your neighborhood. You can interview her. Yes. Yes, definitely from the trunk and of my. Oh wait, no. We're trunk no. Of no. 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 <laughs> you see how you do? You I see kid. what you did too? I joke. <laughs> I kid. Look on the Chub Toad Network for the Felicity Cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a dirty cast. Yeah, we can't have it on here because it's not good enough for iTunes. Mm. Let's start off with Gotham this week, guys. The third part of the Ogre story: the Anvil or the Hammer is the title, and as I said, it's. Episode 21, uh, the penultimate episode of the season. Once again, uh, and I guess this is becoming a regular thing now, no Fish Mooney. Two weeks in a row, Fish Mooney watch. What's going on? I'm happy. I am so happy. That is one long helicopter ride, dude. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't don't know. She's been up there for a long time. You think she should be out of gas by now, you know? Or blood, or blood out. A helicopter with a bullet in your gut. And it's funny because something Donnie said last week kind of uh, played out in this episode, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as we know, we're still uh, we're still going after the uh, the ogre, and he's yeah, and he's woken up with Barbara. Mm-hmm. She's chained up and then tortured. But the ogre says that uh, she's the one that all these others, you know, she, he's had to kiss a lot of frogs, as he says. But as she's yeah. chained up, you know, to that cross in the top of his ceiling or whatever, and. He's threatening her with sharp objects, and she's spitting on him. He says that she's the one, and that he's going to bring her into his world. Which is funny, because that is kind of 
um, what Donnie was saying last week, remember? We're saying that Barbara was dead meat, and Donnie was like, I don't mm-hmm. know, she looked like she might kind of be into it, kind of, you know, have a you know, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I thought they would go that route, too. I well, agree with I, did that. Too. I did agree with them. I actually I thought... thought, you know, because we saw with the last woman where she, where he wouldn't let her go and said, you're going to eat breakfast and blah, blah, blah. You know, I really thought that we were going to get, you know, an opposite of that because he has become so connected in his mind with Barbara that he would let her go and she would willingly come back and eventually she would just end up, you know, because she's not exactly, she's a few tacos short of a combination plate. And I'm pretty sure that if they developed a relationship, they could end, he could end up getting what he wants out of her without having to go that forceful route. Well, I think you know. he kind of sees that in her that she's kind of broken inside, like he, like in you know, a similar right. way that he is. I think that's why he's drawn to her and thinks that she's the one because all the other women he killed were too normal, and Barbara's kind of like you said, you know, as a few fries short of a Happy Meal. Well, I thought they would go the Harley Quinn thing, and and she would take to it, you know, like she would, she would kind of wind up embracing the, uh, the dark in her, and well, be a, they kind of bat- seems it could still go like that route. Did. It, yeah, because I mean, yeah. I mean, I I get the impression that you know, him killing her parents. Although I have a feeling that she had a hand in at least one of them by the amount of blood that was on her. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking she feels like she was always under their thumb and unloved and everything else, and she was a nuisance. Him doing that for her, I think, may have somehow psychotically endeared her freed to her. him well free yeah. her kind of well yeah that but think about it fun. i mean think about mm. when, when when someone frees you from a, a situation where you're unhappy you tend to m- migrate and attach a little bit to that person you know because well, i think what leaving. it's more than that though because i think to have her have to choose who to kill i thought at first that she was going to kill um she was going to choose Leslie Thompson, Tompkins, yeah, that's me too. What I thought. Uh, and me that, too. That, that would have been the thing. That that would have been the thing to make me know that she was going to be a killer. But to choose her parents, that even that's even worse. Like that. Well, I mean, that really. Saw, it's funny we when we saw, we met her parents in that scene before, mm-hmm. and we were really kind of like, well, why is this scene here? Why are we meeting her right. parents? Why are we seeing that you know she's had this restrictive you know upbringing or whatever? Now we know it's to pay off here. It paid off. And yeah. this feels like they're sh- they're telling us this feels like the show is saying to us don't worry about it we know you don't want her to be the one that he ends up with he won't like there's no way he's going to get back with barbara now yeah i mean he even says as much as he had at the end of the episode right but let's get there um okay. uh leslie pulls points out that he hasn't had any sleep or anything to eat in days and uh, he's like at the end of his rope he gets a tip uh, random lead that uh, the killer used to frequent a place called the Fox Glove, but it's a very exclusive uh, sex club, and they move from place to place to avoid detection, and it's uh, very hard to get an invitation. So uh, naturally, what does Gordon do? He goes to threaten Penguin. Not again. <laughs> He's t- he tells him he uh, he owe him a favor, and he's like, well, you already owe me a favor. And then he pulls a gun on Butch and, and gets up in Penguin's, uh, uh, Penguin's face and says, you have no idea what I'm capable of. You think you know me? Yeah, right. No idea. No, the thing is, is, is Bullock was on board with this getting into the Fox Club. So, I mean, I just feel that 
But he wasn't what on board. Happened? But he wasn't. But wait, he wasn't on board with him asking Penguin for the help. Well, he right. Said a couple that, times, that, you but, know, you're going to owe your soul to that cobblepot. You know, you warned. Right, him and that's that. the point I'm trying to make is Bullock has years of connections and CIs and everything else. You know, he couldn't have presented Jim with another option to say, "Hey, let's go this route or see what I can do before you go and continue to sell a little piece of your soul at a time to the Penguin." You know, I'm just saying, not, well, I think the main but, thing is but, the time is a factor because he's worried right. that the second he well, yeah, wastes, you're right, you know, yeah. is going to be right. a second that he could kill, uh, Barbara could get killed. So I, if there wasn't that level. time factor there, I would agree with mm-hmm. you. But you, And he lost like, Fish. Like, he doesn't have the same connection he used to have. He lost right. Fish Mooney's out. Yep. So. Yeah, but didn't he have connections with Falcone, too? No, no, no. He was connected no. to Fish. I mean, there was that scene where they kissed on the the docks and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he was tight with Fish. So the only thing Falcone he knew for help would not be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the only thing he knew, only thing about Falcon knew about him is he was one of the cops that they have under their thumb. Remember that he he knew he knows right. that they have him. He's he's one that made it, he was one of the fellow cops that made the decision to take the life that would make them. Uh, you know, well, I guess now I, discussing it out, I guess Penguin was the best option. Yeah. Even though it still wasn't great, but the um, it's funny because uh, Bulk tells Jim he's he's you know too much of a cop to go to this club. He'll get sussed out right away. So he takes an Italian suit that he uh, confiscated in in a recent raid, <laughs> and then goes to the uh, goes to the club. This scene was pretty hilarious. Like this, it was like this yeah. weird high end, like Stanley Kubrick eyes wide shut kind of <laughs> sure um, sex club. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it wasn't like any kind of fun. real sex club anywhere. You know? It was yeah. Like, it, it was just like over the top in every every regard. And then uh, the funniest part was they show they don't show what's on the stage. You're like, no, tonight's entertainment. And Bullock is standing there watching it, and you hear metal, you hear chains, <laughs> you hear a woman kind of like giggle or, or moan or whatever. And then you hear a pig, and then you hear yeah. some sort of some sort of motor or some sort of was it whirring, and then Bullock's like, "Oh hell no, GCPD, you're under arrest." He was smiling <laughs> up until that point. He thought, yeah, he'd see up until they brought out the pig or something. You know? yeah. And yeah. Donald Logue played that scene so well because yeah. that look on his face was genuine shock and terror. I was like, "Oh my God, what is he?" And I can't unwatch that. I can't do this. I can't. Yeah. Un-watch. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They get a lead off of one of the girls in the Fox Club who had a close call with the ogre, but managed to survive. They figure out where his apartment is. They go there, but of course, it's the cliche of the villain is already gone, and here's an empty apartment, and you've tripped a sound alarm, and he calls you on the phone to tell you that you're an idiot. So that's what happens. He gets a phone call from the ogre while they're in his apartment. They, you know, they talk to him, and he, you know, he, ogre's like, "She's mine now." She's never, you know, she doesn't need saving. Might as well go back. And from where the background noise in the uh, the phone call, they're able to determine that it's near a certain bridge and a certain train track. And then he realizes that's where Barbara's parents live. That right. was some awesome, quick thinking detective work right yeah. there. I was like, wow, they watch their CSI. Well, they know Goth. Yeah. So basically, when, uh, what uh, Daryl said before, the ogre put a knife to Barbara's throat and said, hey, I want you to pick somebody for me to kill or I'm going to kill you right now. And like I said, they cut away. She kind of whispers it into his ear so you don't know yeah. who she said. And like I said, I thought it was Lee. That was so... I liked the way they did that. That was... Um, right. That was good. Very smart. 
the way which is for Gotham they have to work on that doing clever things with the with the way that they deal with with villains and serial killers and all that kind of stuff right. and I think this is a good start for that because the way that he he kept whispering to her in a way and it it was just very <laughs> creepy and and he he just kept because he would enforce in her head he would keep telling her you're important you're special I love you you're the one and then he would at the same time he would be like I'll kill you though. If you don't pick the one, right. pick pick who you want me well, to kill. And, and and was, we... Yeah, and it was interesting, too, because she had that look of terror on her face, obviously, because the knife is to her throat. But at but the same he, time. Mm-hmm. But when he finally gets her to understand you're going to pick somebody, she still has that look of terror on her face. But it's like just the ridges around her eyes just look like they relaxed. Mm-hmm. Still looking terrified, and I was like, you know, and that's where I realized, you know, okay, he's he's got his hooks in her now. Well, that's their mom. technique when you when they you know these monsters when they you know sometimes when they kidnap someone they pick someone who's pretty much broken in a way, and that's what they do. They they first they tell tell them how special they are because that's things they don't hear. They're bro- you know they 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 think that they're nothing. They think that they're worthless. And to, to, to enforce in them that you are special, you are somebody, and then uh, and then the, at the same time you tell them that you know, but you still have to do what I want you to do. Yeah. I could kill you at any time. I mean, it just it just I like the way that it was portrayed on screen. That's how cults work. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's well, exactly. Self esteem, and they fill them up with this false self esteem yeah. and sense of belonging, right. and you know, or Scientology, right. And now we're never going to be heard from again. We're all going to disappear and exactly. locked up somewhere by the Illuminati. So thanks a lot, Rich. Appreciate thanks that. Thanks a lot. I can't all hail Zenu. No, no. So we get to a, we get out to her parents' place. They find her parents dead. Um, but Ogre and Barbara are not anywhere to be found. Gordon finds Barbara kind of wandering around with blood all over her, kind of dazed. And, and Barbara just keeps telling him he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be here. And then the Ogre comes out of nowhere. They uh, knocks out, knocks Bullock down some stairs. And then ends up in the living room with Gordon. They fight. They tussle. The ogre gets a knife to Barbara's throat and says, you know, if you you know, get anywhere closer to me or you don't let me out of here, I'm going to slit her throat. And, uh, you know, Gordon just keeps telling Barbara it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Bullock is able to, uh, you know, I guess is able to pull himself together and distract the guy long enough to say, hey, dumbo. And he turns around and uh, Gordon shoots him right in the head. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barbara's cut, but not too bad. She's going to be okay. Uh, at least physically, mentally. Yeah. I mean, she seems kind of broken mm-hmm. after what happened, um, which is the most interesting thing they've done with their characters so far this year, I think. Yeah, totally. I, totally. I mean, after all this time of doing nothing with her, at least you know, we finally get something interesting here. Um, on the uh, Penguin front, I mean, we did have Gordon interacting with him before. I uh, see Penguin talking to a couple of thugs, uh, Irish thugs who work for Falcone, say, look, you know, here, here's what I want you to do. I put the gun, you know, I put the gun behind the jukebox, put another one under the bar. You go in there and you tell him the message I told you to tell him. They're like, sure, no problem. Evidently, this bar that that uh, Penguin bought, it uh, it's the place where Maroney always takes his buddies when they come out of jail, mm-hmm. who have you know kept their mouth shut and kept their nose clean or whatever. So this guy comes out of jail. They're having a celebration party for him, and these two thugs show up and uh, with a bottle from they say from Falcone of of Maroney's favorite drink. So they put it in front of him. And then uh, the guy says, oh, there's one more thing. Falcone uh, is tired of, uh, you know, is not going to allow you to run Gotham anymore. And they reach for the guns. They start to fire away, but the guns both jam. 
neither gun works. At first, I thought they were unloaded, but it turns out that That's well, no, it, it turns out Penguin, Penguin took out the firing pin, and they never mentioned Penguin's name. They only mentioned Falcone's name. Exactly. So Maroney Which, thinks it's as in the... soon as he yeah, as soon as he said this is a gift from Falcone, I was like, okay, the guns, it's a setup. I, I figured well, what that I, out right. Yeah, I did. I did not figure. I didn't know they were going to do. He was going to do that. I just thought that he wanted him to know that it was. Falcone, because you, because you get in the scene like, why does he keep making him want to read this, this die, you know, read this line out before he kills him if the guy's gonna be dead? Like, what, what difference does it make? And now we know, right? Exactly, because exactly. he, he tells Penguin, he's like, I don't know why you'd tell somebody something to someone who's about to get killed, but right, you know, you're not the first one to ask for it. So uh, basically. Cobblepot starts a gang war between Maroney yeah. and Falcone. We, we see Falcone gets sent a box with the, the thug's head in it. And mm-hmm. at the same time, Maroney hits like three or four of Falcone's main assets. Um, and the, the episode actually ends with Lieutenant Essen coming out telling all the cops that all the leaves have been canceled. They're in the middle of a shooting gang war. We The other two subplots that we wanted to cover real quick. First of all, uh, Mr. Nigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aftermath of his uh, um, actions in the last episode, killing the abusive cop. He yep. shows up at work with this big case. <laughs> it looked like a, mm-hmm. like a record player case or something, but it's mm-hmm. actually the cop cut into bits into smaller you know chunks, so yep. uh, he can like burn away the flesh or whatever and get rid of him at work. We see uh, Miss Kringle walking in while he is doing this, <laughs> yep. and uh, you know she asks if he's seen that cop, and he's like, "No, of course not." And he says that you know, the guy here is a part of an industrial accident and sheet metal cutting, and that's why he's all in parts. But I'm trying to identify the body, and she's like, I don't know how you do this, and then leaves. Uh, Nigma ends up writing a note, ostensibly from the dead cop, to uh, Miss Kringle. And Miss Kringle gets the note and thinks it's just, you know, a Dear Jane letter and, and, and cries. Uh, and, you know, Nigma says, well, with men, often you should read between the lines. And uh, she's like, I, I don't know what I see in that creep. I saw in that creep to begin with, and she walks away. And mm-hmm. Nigma pulls the note, so you can only read the first letter of each line, and it reads NYGMA. I like that. Nigma. Yeah, I did too. Very Riddler thing yeah. to do. Very Riddler thing the to do. The other thing too yeah. is, and and we, we know that he's not exactly altogether in his head. He's, he's, he's a little office rocker. But what cojones does it take to drag in these two big cases full of dead body parts into a police station? Because he you know, knows he's not. Th- he because he knows though that he is so disregarded and and not. Well, no, I know I know that, but still, regardless, yeah. it takes a lot to go. I'm gonna take this dead guy I killed and chopped up into mm-hmm. a police station. I mean, it's like wow. Well, the no, two definitely. the two smaller things that really kind of spoke to the character to me. The first one is when he's talking to the skull of the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he just yeah. like rages out and smashes the skull with a hammer into tiny, tiny bits. I mean, that's one side of the Riddler. And then the other side, after he is like so pleased with himself for putting this note in front of her, with you yeah. know, and like basically telling her who killed her boyfriend right there, like that little look of happiness, like little glee that he gets from doing that. That yeah. is so Riddler. You know, that was just like wow. He is the you know. I'm thinking right now. He is the Riddler because that is. That's, I mean, that's totally the Riddler's M.O. Not only am I going to commit this crime, but I'm going mm-hmm. to flaunt it in your face in, in, a, in a, you know, a clever way like this. So oh, I thought that was super well done. Um, oh, and we missed the Bruce Wayne That part. was where I was going next. So, oh, okay. okay. Uh, the Bruce Wayne plot line this time, 
uh, Bruce, uh, after getting the key off the uh, Bindislaw, the uh, the executive of Wayne Enterprises, uh, causes you know, pulls a fire alarm and goes into Bindislaw's office, goes into the safe, and finds out that it's empty. And as he's uh, opening the safe, Bindislaw has come into the room. He sits down, he explains to Bruce that his dad and his granddad both knew about all the stuff that Wayne was into, but they chose to have a comfortable life rather than expose uh, the inequities and, and the, the illegal stuff. And Bruce is finding that hard to believe. Um, mm-hmm. But Bindersaw has Bruce escorted out by a, Mr. Young, a young Mr. Lucius Fox, uh, who he d- describes as one of the junior executives there at Wayne. And, I got a little giddy when they introduced him. Like, yeah. Woo! Well, here's the part that was even weirder. When, mm-hmm. um, when they're out by the elevator, Lucius is like, don't make your face react because there are cameras everywhere. I know I put them in. But I wanted to let you know that your father was a good man, but he kept most of the work, the best work that he did hidden and secret. Yes. Which is like very ominous. If you think about it. Oh, very. Because you know what I was thinking? The first thing I thought was that he was building up a case to take them down with Lucius. Could be. That's what I was thinking. That could be. And when he was murdered, that kind of cut it. That, that kind of stopped it for now. But there is evidence that he has that he can move, use to uh, to get rid of some people or use it as leverage well, down the line. I thought that, and and I was also thinking that maybe, you know how in the Nolan movies, Wayne Tech has this, you know, super secret kind of development R&D area that they hide in the budget and all that stuff. I was kind of wondering if maybe... You know, his dad had something like that. Well, it wasn't know. even a hidden Maybe thing, it, I remember. It was just a military. Well, you know, it was, right, it was but obvious. I, mean, I think, yeah, I, think but, um, I think Lucius. You know where I'm going from, with this. From, I think there's hidden tech somewhere that he's working on. I think, well, I think from the way Lucius said that, I think Daryl might be right that there's probably a file somewhere or that yeah. he, he hid something that Wayne Enterprises would know to be damning and that's why they killed him. I mean, that would make, right. I mean, if he had some sort of hidden tech or whatever, then, I mean, big deal. Wayne Enterprises just Cause you, playing no, 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 ownership. No, I, I, have to I'm saying him. both. I'm saying both. I agree with Daryl, and then uh, I'm also thinking that he had some I secret r You just agree with everybody. They, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think they're going that far with it because Bruce is so young. I just yeah. think that it's going to be that they they were gathering evidence together. Right. Maybe even Lucius, we, because he builds the tech, he can find things and kind of give it to to Bruce little by little, without yeah. giving himself away. And then, but he was gonna and he had it. He was gonna use it eventually, and boom, it got to him before he could uh, before he could do that. And Bruce is gonna find that evidence. I just thought it'd be cool if they kind of you know do some Easter egg to Earth Two kind of stuff where. You know, maybe he would, maybe not a bat character, but Thomas Wayne was heading towards becoming a vigilante uh, in sorts of his own. Um, but then in this universe, of course, we have his parents get killed and it's Bruce, you know, whereas in Earth 2, it's Thomas. So if they did it, I guess it'd be fine, but I kind of would not want them to go that route. I kind of would like it that he was just a doctor and then he knew about how. They came to him with this thing about, uh, you know, doing all the dirty deeds with the company and you got to get on. You either get on board with it or we take you out. And he was like, all right, I'll play like I'm on board with it. 
Right, but I'm going to secretly gather everything I need to take everything down. Right. Yeah. And he was caught anyway. Cool. Oh, that was this episode of Gotham. We have one more episode to go, guys. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, so glad that he didn't mess things up with with um, was Leslie, because I thought that was coming, because they did kind of put that in there to make you think that maybe... Right, we were Leslie worried about that last up. week, too. Yeah, like yeah, cause, now that Barbara's life has been threatened, I realize how much I care about her. You know, yeah, I was worried about that, but they didn't, but he, he for sure didn't. They, they went a different route that I didn't think they were going to go, and I'm so glad they did. It was almost like they they got feedback for how they liked what characters they didn't like, and maybe they did change it. I liked it because there was no fish Mooney, and they concentrated on a procedural, and it was a good police story, and I was happy with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. I you know even though it borrowed a little from Criminal Minds, I kind of liked this little three. Uh, you know, I think it could have been done in two, but the little story arc, you know, of the serial killer and all that. Yeah, it definitely could have been in two. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, one thing I really wanted when it was ending though was I thought, man, how great would it be? He's walking across the the floor at the GCPD, and um, Commissioner Loeb looks down on him, and you know, it, with his frown on his face, and then he just looks up, smiling at him, like you know, hey, your plan didn't work. Well, I'm sure it's going to come back sometime. I mean, Loeb isn't yeah. going away anyway, anytime soon. Right. And he has more right. cops that like him. That's the, the he, yes. Well, I mean, they used Leslie to put that out there a couple right. of times, how the cops yeah. feel about him. Right. But there's this, there's also a scene at the end after he's busted him where they're all clapping or whatever, and Leslie was like, mm-hmm. you're a hero. And he's like, oh, they'll all hate me tomorrow again. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, they have to act like it even if they right. don't want to. Right. Okay, let's move on to The Flash, shall we? And oh yes. my god, what an episode of The Flash this was. Episode oh, number 20, titled The Trap. Guys, we finally got the, the, the solid feces has finally hit the rotary oscillator. Harrison <laughs> Wells yeah. has been outed. He is, mm-hmm. you know, out for blood and it's just uh, it's incredible. It was a really great episode. Yeah. I want to talk real quick first about the flashback episodes. There yes. are little, there are little flashbacks here. There are three three really big ones, and I'll do those, and then we'll get to the main you know story route uh, because they kind of uh, they they uh, kind of you know fit into the the main storyline. Uh, the first one these are all from nine months ago, right after the particle accelerator went and uh, Barry was in a coma. We see Barry in a regular hospital, and he's flatlining, but he's alive somehow. And uh, they're not sure how to, you know they're, they're giving him AKG and they're giving him adrenaline, and as they're doing all this. Uh, Dr. Wells rolls up in his uh, um, wheelchair to talk to Joe to persuade Joe to bring Barry to Star Labs where he can help him. And uh, even though Joe doesn't really trust Wells even then, it seems, mm-hmm. he agrees. Um, the second scene is with Iris, with Barry. Um, there's, uh, you know, she's talking about uh, her first date with Thawne, and, and uh, she's, you know, as I said, Barry's in his coma. He's at Star Labs at this point. And, um, She's, you know, begging him to wake up and come back because she, you know, they need him to make her family whole and she needs him. And as she begins to leave, she touches his hand and is shocked mm-hmm. by some of the lightning. Um, she also yeah, says, stop force. me from making a bad decision. Yeah. You're not here to keep me from making a bad decision, which was Eddie. The third flashback is Dr. Wells. And he is so tempted to kill the Flash that he even has his hand begin to vibrate. Yes. Against against Barry's throat. Yep. But then he has to stop himself because he realizes that Barry's his only way back home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, basically, you know, tell, you know, he goes into this whole uh, supervillain rhetoric, you know, and he's yeah, standing sure, over Barry. He's not in his wheelchair. And mm-hmm. I explained to and the the, uh, the entire uh, soliloquy ends with, and then Barry Allen, you will die. And that's the way they ended the show, actually, with, with the final flashback. They was only missing a Morgan Freeman voiceover. You got to get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> that's, that's all the last week's Morgan Freeman cameo. I thought maybe we were past that this time. <laughs> Morgan Freeman was Barry. here last week. My friend Barry was in a coma. <laughs> you had to get busy speeding or get busy getting slow. Joe um, had never trusted him. All the stuff that happened at the end of the last episode is where we start in Media's Res. In this episode, uh, Cisco, Caitlin, and Barry are in Wells' time vault. Um, They're looking all over that Easter egg-filled newspaper, uh, (laughs) looking for clues. And we get more Easter eggs. Yeah, well, first of all, it's written by Iris Iris West Allen, Mm -hmm. um, saying that in this timeline, Iris Iris and Barry uh, get arrested. Uh, Barry is now the head of the CSI department at the police station, but most yeah. importantly, I mean, dated 2025, uh, the story, the main story on the front page, um, uh, talks about a crisis. <clears throat> I'm, not, mm. I'm not even going to go down the road. I'm just going to use that word and go, ahem, mm. uh, about a, a huge fight between, uh, the reverse flash and, and, uh, the flash ending with a giant, um, uh, flash of light, uh, of red skies and, uh, the Flash disappearing. Uh, as they're looking at this, uh, Gideon pops up, uh, the AI that Wells has been using. Turns out Barry Allen made Gideon. Which goes to explain away why Gideon didn't take, you know, didn't warn, didn't didn't warn Thrawn. Right, well, they told him not to. You mean everybody well, drink, everybody drink. Well, the whole thing of, but the, but the whole thing of that is why would this computer listen to them, listen right. to him? As well, a, and, I, and not. It also explains why Barry was able to open the door and go in. Exactly. Right. That's what I was about to right. say. Because I was thinking that last week. I was like, why did it open so easily for Barry? Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All of it makes sense. For him to be the one to build it, it's so smart, though. For him to be the one that builds it, of course, I mean, um, of course, Thrawn would, uh, would want to use Drink. everything about, uh, you know, everything that Barry does. Like everything he's built, he'd want to use it to tear him down. But they found out a lot of good information here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Gideon starts off at yes, of course, you are Barry Allen, head of the um, head of the um, the city, you know, CSI department, founding mm-hmm. member of the, and then they cut him off. Yeah. In the yeah. comic, now in the Flash um, season was a season one point five comic or whatever. Yes, yeah, he said goes justice. on to say justice and then gets cut off. Right. So, like, it was so funny because it was so many Easter eggs dropped. You could hear yourself going. <laughs> Oh, what? what? Crisis? What? <laughs> Justice League? Huh? What? Whoa? Oh. <laughs> and Cisco's happening. That was Cisco. Yeah. That was Cisco the whole time. Yeah. Like, what? He's kind of losing his mind. But they are oh, there okay. in a time crunch because Wells is on his way there. It was funny. <laughs> Cisco's like, I put a tracking device in his wheelchair. <laughs> what? What? Why wouldn't I? I know. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> what? Was that a bad thing? That was bad. And I love what I love about it was this was him learning. Right. Because he remember in the earlier in the, in the season, Cisco has made so many mistakes with not, you know, when he's sneaking around doing something, he never watches his back. He always gets caught, like hitting the head, whatever. This is Cisco learned to be smarter when he's dealing with these bad guys. Yeah, and Caitlin now believes. 
She ain't got no choice now. I mean, yeah, it's in I mean, her face. Yeah, the proof is the proof is in her face. You really can't keep defending Wells now because no, he's not Wells. No, he's not. Um, they get out of the time vault just in time to avoid Wells, and they go back to the West Home. They talk. They tell Joe and Eddie what happened. They have mm-hmm. to convince Eddie that time travel is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, after all the crap he's seen, you think, okay, sure, time travel. Yeah. Um, he tells the group about what happened. Uh, Barry tells him what happened to him when he time traveled. You know, he's like, no, I did it. And he explained to him what happened. And then mm-hmm. Barry realizes that Cisco's dreams aren't dreams. They're memories of the original timeline. So they come up with a plan. They're going to try to get Wells to confess to the murder of Barry's mother. To do what that. What could go wrong? Yeah, right, exactly. And here's the thing that bothers me. I know they really want to get a confession out of him for, for his mother, but don't they uh-huh. realize, like, how big of a threat he is to, like, the rest of the city? I don't think Barry was thought it through well yeah. enough, like, I mean, which we know, which we which we have shown, which has, through this episode, we Barry has been hit with the fact that you didn't, you didn't count on how big a threat he was either. Right. So first they, first they decide to put Cisco to sleep and have him go through his dream. So mm-hmm. they can, you know, maybe get some nuggets of information there. Um, so he basically has this inception like uh, escapade where he goes back to his dream from the alternate timeline. He walks, you know, Wells does, says almost word for word exactly what he says. He's about to um, get to the part of the alternate timeline when he was killed and they pull him out and Cisco almost has a stroke uh, with his yeah. death in that timeline. But uh, they wake him up in time. Don't forget um, to mention the glasses that he had on. Oh, yeah, the glasses that he was wearing, very much like the vibe glasses mm-hmm. uh, from the comic that we are we all know and love. And, you know, Cisco will hopefully someday, you know, become that, you know, that, that alter ego. As soon as that is over with, Wells calls Barry to let him know there's a fire on the 22nd floor of a skyscraper. And uh, Captain Sin Fiance is there. Yes. Um, the one who died in the alternate timeline, or almost mm-hmm. died in the alternate timeline. Um Barry gets up to the, where the fire is, and Wells walks Barry through creating a vortex with his arms. Clear the oxygen. What? Which he's never done before. No. But is a staple of Flash comics. I mean, we've seen Hell him yeah. all for years, so that was awesome to see him do that. That was, that was so awesome. That was incredible. Dropped, an, dropped another Flash thing. And also so well done from an effects standpoint. I thought it was awesome. It was. It, it looked really good. Was. It did. It's like, I can't do this. Yes, you can, Barry. I believe in you, Barry. So they, um, after talking about what happened in Cisco's dream, they decide to set a trap. Uh, they know the sequence of events that leads up to Cisco being killed. So what they were going to do is set up the containment room. Caitlin can record everything from the cortex that, that goes on, and they're going to try to elicit a confession out of Thawne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not very smart. No. Not very smart at all. Now, uh, my question is, is how do they, how, even if they got this confession from him, mm-hmm. how are they going to explain this confession to the attorneys of the city attorneys or whatever, when he's talking about going back in time and all this other stuff? I mean, I know that there's been all this meta stuff going on in the city, but for the most part, the public is not as aware of how much meta is going on and well, the, time travel. Well, the district attorney, I think, is the is the stepping stone for that. When they and, when they have that meta, and they don't even have to like you know all they have to do is like match the blood of Thon as well mm-hmm. to the blood they right. found on the scene. There is no well, statute yeah, of limitation exactly. for yeah. murder, so. 
I didn't which they could that, still yeah. do without the confession. Like I don't. Right. All you would need is to is to get them to be able to have the case. But uh, did he not take on Wells's DNA when with that whole thing and maybe so the blood wouldn't match anyway? Well, maybe he did. The blood was wasn't Wells's when it was splattered on the wall, but he did change into Wells afterwards. So maybe right. Although right. you know yeah. Wells's remains were left behind, so it could just be an esoteric thing. We don't know. They never yeah, really explained that. You know, and Thrawn wasn't born at that time, so his blood would not be on record anywhere. Right, right. So if it was Thrawn, never here. <laughs> he but, doesn't exist. Yeah, yet. but they'd be able to match it if it is the same person. You know, the, he is internally the same person. They'd be able to match the blood sample on the wall of the house to him. You know, DNA. Right, wise, they did so. took the blood right. for both. But I mean, when right. they when they first took the samples or whatever, and they didn't have a match, they would they would know. Um, we have this undercurring, uh, we have this uh, recurring uh, subplot too, um, with uh, Eddie asking for Joe's blessing to ask Iris to marry him, and Joe being no, and not explaining yeah, why. And Barry's, and Barry's like, you know, I'm the last guy who would stand up for Eddie, but you know why? <laughs> why don't you? You know why won't you do this? And she says because he knows that she has feelings for someone else. Because Joe know his child. That's why yeah. all you people that. That were my question that Joe knows his child. Unlike that fool in in Starlin City mm-hmm. who don't know his kids. Right. Right. Joe knows his kids. Yeah, he does. He's Joe a good knows. dad. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. <laughs> Joe is a good dad. He wasn't getting drunk and and and, and not paying attention right. to what was going on. He's trying to save his daughter from a uh, decision she'll regret down the road. Right. Because he uh, knows. So, you know, she does end up getting married, and it's a mistake. It's her, her mistake to make. Yeah. But, you know, he's trying to avoid her making that mistake. Oh, he's such a good dad. I wish he was my dad. So, um, the trap's set. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Caitlin tells Wells that Cisco figured out what went wrong with the force field, so Wells takes the bait and goes downstairs. And it's mm-hmm. almost the exact replay of what happened before. Um okay. Wells walks into the room, compliments Cisco, gets ready to vibrate through him. Cisco jumps into the force field and turns it on, but no, it doesn't work, and Wells walks right through it. Uh, yep. Joe opens fire on Wells, but Barry tries to catch the bullets because Wells hasn't confessed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he misses one, and Wells gets hit in the head. But wait, it's not Wells after all. It's Mr. Hannibal Bates from last episode, Suck a.k.a. Everyman, Smart. playing Wells. And so that guy's dead. But yeah. Wells has been watching the whole thing. He comes, his voice comes over the intercom, and he starts to gloat. He's always a few steps ahead of Barry. Um, yeah. Tom Cavanaugh. Well, he's been a few steps ahead of everyone. All those times where, and it flashes back to every time he looks at them, and it's like he knows. He did know. He knew about the plan the whole time because Barry rushes back to the time vault, and he finds well everything is set up, and Wells has an extensive surveillance system on all of them. Yeah, he has been listening to them since the beginning, so he knew smart. all along. Yeah, <laughs> because he's smart. You don't trust them. You would never. He knew Joe never trusted him. He, he knew something was up. Right. He knew to watch him the whole time. So after uh, Wells is done gloating, Barry realizes that Iris is the only one there, so she must be mm-hmm. in danger. Uh, it's just this time that Eddie decides to propo- try to propose to Iris on a bridge, and the reverse uh, flash shows up. Steals his ring, tosses him aside, and goes to kill Iris, but the Flash arrives in time to save her. Um, but the reverse Flash takes off with Eddie. Yeah. Um, Flash promises Iris he'll save Eddie, but as he speeds away, he shocks Iris much the same way 
Barry did when he was in his coma. So now Iris thinks, or has figured, it, I guess, knows. She figured you know, it out. Because <laughs> she Barry, she, it out. after he rides away, she's like, Barry? Yeah, she figured it out. And then Wells uh, reveals to Eddie that he's his, a descendant from the future, that they're mm-hmm. related. And then um, he, now he realizes why he let him live. The last time they, they captured the reverse flash, and he calls Eddie his insurance. Right. And I have a theory here. He's not his insurance as far as a hostage. I think we're fixing to see the end of Wells. I think the yeah, beginning switch of bodies. The next, he's going to take over Eddie's body. Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah, switch body. That's that was the first thing I was thinking was that he's going to switch yeah. bodies or he's going to appear to switch bodies or be in the process and Barry stops it or thinks he stops it, but he didn't. And, and Thrawn is, is inside of, of Eddie. Yeah. Lurking. Like, it'll come out eventually. Like, slowly by... Slowly, he will start to take over Eddie. Yeah. Well, something I forgot to mention before for the soliloquy that he's... That um, Wells says over uh, Barry while he's in a coma, he says that he's been watching Barry his whole life. Like, the mm-hmm. whole time he's he's been there, Thrawn has been watching Barry at science fairs, soccer games, growing up, right. waiting right. for this moment, so... Because he knows him so well, like he does, like he does. He knew where. Remember when he knew that when he that imposter tried to to uh, trick them into thinking that was Barry. Everybody believed that was Barry except for Professor Wells, because that's just how creepy. That's how well he knows was. him. Yeah, that's how well he knew him. He knew he knew right away. Like it was just not even a question. He knew him very wells. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> So awesome episode of The Flash, running headlong. Yes, I knew I, I know I made that pun uh, yes, toward did. toward the uh, season finale for sure. Great episode, loved it. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Relic Rod. Yeah, Rod, I think, is Rod. Rod next week? I think Rod's yeah, next week. Yeah. And we got Rod, three more episodes. Rod. Three more episodes of Flash, guys. Enjoy them. Yeah. So we yeah. got a whole summer without. Uh, I don't even want to think about that right now. No. Um, I Zombie. Let's yes. Uh, episode seven, maternity live. In this episode, a a, a young mother who uh, is about to give birth to a baby uh, stumbles across uh, a campsite and then dies. Um, they save the baby's life, but the mother mother doesn't uh, doesn't survive. And uh, Liv eats her brains and becomes very maternal, like to the point where she's trying to fix Ravi's hair. Asking him to funny. Find lunch, yeah, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. that was very was very hilarious. funny. That was very funny. Um, the storyline, uh, the evidently the parents don't like the father of the child. He's kind of a scumbag. Uh, the mm-hmm. parents are very well to do, and their home is pretty close to where they found uh, the uh, the girl's body. Um, but it turns and uh, it turns out that they actually there is there was a, a couple, a uh, crazy kind of sister wife couple, uh, keeping girls locked up in a treehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of like some weird like religious cult that they had going on, and that's um, that's who your killer is this episode. But here's the interesting part about that. First of all, um, uh, Clive finally finds out about it because he's on a phone call with Major, and Major did not tell him that he was also on the phone with a reporter. So mm-hmm. he gets quoted really badly and ends up having to do file work and paperwork, and everybody in the police department hates him. Um, the police captain, who we also know as a zombie. Uh, leads the assault on the on the the couple that are doing the uh, the kidnapping or whatnot, 
Yeah. Wait a minute. He doesn't lead the assault. He is well, the, he is the assault. Well, he says he leads the assault. He <laughs> says, "Come in." He says, "Come in when I give you the signal." And he goes in by himself, and uh, kills and both. Kills of them. everybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Liv finally figures out that the the women are up in the treehouse. She gets shot in the leg, and kind of um, a zombie rages out and is able to break the um, uh, chains off the door and get the get the women out and save the women. Um, they're able to pin a lot of the missing persons from the skate park on these serial killers. The uh, which I think is part of the captain's plan. I think that's why the captain totally. threw and killed both of them is so totally. they could use them to cover up like these kids that are disappearing from the skate park who are becoming you know brain hors d'oeuvres. I I also think, and maybe he already has figured it out, but I think that in this episode he's for sure that Liv is a zombie. Yeah, he knew that from right when she gets shot and she's still walking around. Yeah, she's not bleeding a lot. Yeah, I think he figured it out. Yeah, definitely. I think he knew because she's the only one, the only zombie so far that that appears to not try to cover up the skin. She seems to be the only one that doesn't do that. Hmm. Yeah, everybody else seems to do the, the process of of paint, repainting the skin and, and during the, in the morning. Yeah, to try to, I agree with you. I just they haven't as as the show hasn't let us the audience in on that the captain knows till right. this episode. This episode, it's obvious now he has he knows because he leaves her alone. Like it's a look he gave like mm-hmm. when he first saw her, right. and it's a look that you can tell that that's when he became the he must have recently become a a zombie not that long ago because when he sees her he automatically steps back he's nice to her right away Mm -hmm. in fact he almost kind of gave it away because he said something to her and she didn't get it well like he said well she gets shot in the leg and he's like oh are you hurt and she goes no i just got scratched from a branch and he she looks at or he looks at her and goes not a lot of blood there which no, even him. before that, when he first yeah. saw her in the station, he had, mm. like, he talked to her and he gave her a look like, oh, you're one of, you know, you're one of us. But then she didn't give him a, she didn't give him a look back to make him think. I think he assumed she was one of Blaine's people, too. But then he kind of stepped back. Like, he just let it go really quick. We get more stuff with Liv and Lowell in this episode. Uh, evidently, the latest, the latest uh person for Lowell to eat is a gay scientist because he's able to talk to Ravi about his experiment with the rats. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Ravi's trying to figure out, you know, what mix of this energy drink and this drug caused the zombieism and is trying to cure, you know, Lowell and, and Liv and everyone else. And uh, so, but he understands totally like his scientific me- methods and then Liv gives him a kiss and it's like kissing her brother and she doesn't understand right. why. And no yeah, she thinks, yeah, none at all. And uh, she's she doesn't understand why. And then he comes clean later and says, "Look, I just I'm gay, but only because I drank the brain of a gay guy." <laughs> right? He's like, "I'm gay, but only till Saturday. Only till I drink the brain of a straight guy," <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. But then they have yeah. this cool little montage where they get drunk and they they kind of have this uh, fun night together. They play No Diggity in the background and right. they dance and it, it was just kind of cool. It, it was a nice bonding yeah. moment between them. And major is, is, is oh major worse. oh man he's major in, is just getting worse. Yeah. He's in the dumps, man. He uh, like I said, he hooked up with a really hot. Um, uh, he didn't hook up with her, but he and a really good looking. I don't know who's playing that reporter man. But very attractive. <laughs> 
so much so that I, I had to mention it. Major hooks up with Rebecca Hinton, the Seattle Observer reporter, and they're trying to find out what happened you know, with the Candyman and all these kids at Nine Troll Skate Park. Uh, Major follows the Candyman to a uh, tanning salon, and while he's in there, breaks into his car with a tire iron, and is like ruffling, rifling through his car. He finds like a brain, Stupid. some other Stupid. brains like in, in Ziploc bags. Um, some hot sauce <laughs> and all this other stuff. He was and just an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah, and then like as he's getting out of the car with the broken window with the tire iron in his hand, the police mm-hmm. roll up. Yeah. And he the candyman comes out and they're like, you know, he's like Major says, Hey, there's a human braid in there and uh, this all this other stuff. And the uh, candyman's like, Hey, you know, I work for this chartoucherie, here's the card, it's called Meat Cute. And it's a, it's a calf brain. People, you know, sweetbreads, people some people eat that stuff, you know. And they believe him more than they believe Major. So Major gets taken downtown, and then the uh, one of the last uh, one of the last scenes of this show, episode, he's in a holding cell, and these big four big mean looking biker dudes come into the holding cell with him, and the yep. cop says, "Hey, this is for that great Seattle Observer uh, article that you helped mm-hmm. out with. Thanks, buddy." So not looking too good for Major. I get a red shirt for Major for this season. I I don't know what exactly. it is, but I get a feeling that he's going to get killed off at the end, at the end of finale, by Blaine. I think. I think it may come sooner than the finale. He's just an idiot. And I think it's not something that she can. And she might. Her thing was: Do I make him a zombie or do I let him just pass? I think she might get put in that position. Interesting. Yeah. But like the stuff, like I said, the subplot stuff that's going on in the major with the um, mm-hmm. candy man, with the, the, the zombie uh, police captain figuring out Liv is a, a zombie as well. Right. Um, and then uh, uh, Liv and, and Ravi kind of compare notes at the end of the show. And they're like, you know, we know what's going on with Blaine. We need to have more security here in the, the uh, medical examiner's lab. I mean, we, we, you know, they kind of have an idea of what's going on and how it's going. And that rat. That other, and and that then other the, I was going to get to that. At the very oh, end okay. of the episode, the rats yeah. that Ravi has uh, put together um, to, you know, to, sign, to, to test out his theory or whatever with different uh, solutions or whatever. The very first rat, A, um, we see, well, for the shot, first of all, is a rat desperately clawing at the door trying to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. The first, like the one rat, right. and then we pan across the other rats that were in like different cages, and they're all chewed up to bits. And yeah. then over the last one is a bright white rat with red eyes, just totally eating the brains out of the other rat. And that is how they awesome. end the episode. <laughs> Yeesh. So, I have to say, I'm still surprised by how much I am really loving this show week from week and and I mean there are some moments that suspend disbelief but at the same time it, I don't know it just captures my imagination like it's it's so good yeah I'm really enjoying it too it's very well written yeah I'm having you a know? ball with it right now yeah, I just, really, really I just see the shoe it. dropping yeah I, I see the shoe dropping though like they've this is a very this this was even with the heavy subject of the of the girl dying and, and the baby and whatnot, it there was a lot of fun in the episode for her. And I it just seems like they're getting closer and closer to her being happy with this other guy, having a life that she didn't think she would have with anybody ever after she got infected. Mm-hmm. It seems to be that there's something coming. Like there's something bad coming for Major that's yeah. gonna affect her. 
to keep her from having to keep her from from being able to have whatever this thing is going to be with this guy. I think it's going to be it's going to be something with Major. Well, so, I think I think I think Major's going to end up a zombie. Like they're going to end up having to kill Major to get him to stay quiet or whatever, and he'll be back. You know, as a zombie. That's my guess, anyway. I mean, and then you could have like a zombie love triangle between Major and Lowell and Liv. I, I I don't think they'll even let it be that Major gets to be the zombie that eats the brain to survive. I think it'll be he becomes the crazy zombie that they can't turn back. Mm. And wow. she has to make that choice. Because how tragic is that for her to have to make that to make that choice? Like she, she would not want him to run out there because she knows him. She knows him being with him for so long. Major would hate himself if he went out and killed other people. Mm-hmm. Because he cares so much, like yeah. he he's making all these stupid decisions because he cares about these kids, and the last thing he would want is to become a a, a full fledged zombie that hurts people. Like he would tell, he would beg her to kill him before he he would turn into something like that. Mm-hmm. And she knows this, like so she to have for her to have to go back. It kind of goes back to when she had to kill that. You know, kill the zombie, uh, her the, the girl that she uh, went to school with, who she worked with in the hospital. Like to go and have to kill Major, the guy that she loves, that would be such a a, a, a major tragedy for her. It would be a major right. tragedy because she's coming out of it now. She seems to be coming out of that. that well, sad. it's like you said, she's getting happy now. She's getting with this zombie guy. Things yeah. are going her way. She's reconnecting her relationship with her mother and brother. Yes. All, you with know, the brother, it's too happy. It's something. Yeah. Something has got to mess that up to make her go back to, to to make her go back to the shell again. Because she's coming out of her shell, and now, uh, yeah, I, I like I sit there watching the happiness, and I sit there going, "Oh no, something's gonna happen to her." You know, something in her life is gonna gonna change her happiness, gonna take her happiness away. So I, I worry. So, our zombie solid show. Been enjoying it a lot more than we expected it to. Oh, um, absolutely, good stuff. Um, let's move on to our final show of the evening. Arrow, crazy, yeah, no doubt. Oh um, yeah, episode number twenty-one, El uh-huh. Sahim. Am I saying that right, El Sahim? Sure. I think so. We start off the episode with a montage. Gotta love that. Uh-huh. Thank you, eighties. Um, <laughs> it's showing uh, Oliver's uh, uh, mental training. reprogramming and his training to become uh, Rachel Ghoul. They brand him sensory deprivation. They they brand the, now. Interestingly, they brand him with the arrow symbol that we've been seeing all through season three. Mm-hmm. Pretty yep. interesting. Um, there's a lot of sparring against Rache, and then at the end of it, when he's hallucinating, um, Maceo or, or Rache orders him to kill Diggle. Who's tried to infiltrate and under Parabot? Oliver kills him without hesitation. So, I mean, they're showing us the extent that this conditioning, this mind washing, and brainwashing is taken, you know, only after three weeks or whatever. Yeah, they give him the serum and they're like, What did you see? And he wouldn't tell him. Mm-hmm. What did you see? Like, usually you'll see loved one. He had to kill somebody. He was killing someone, but what face do you see when you're killing them? Is what he wanted to know. And he wouldn't tell him. A very divergent moment. I never saw that movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> or a Batman Begins moment. <laughs> um, Rich takes Oliver on a stroll through the ruins of his home village, mm-hmm. um, and then explains to him that uh, 
a challenger to his reign uh, has to be eliminated. And he's talking about Nyssa. And uh, Raish talks about the guy who challenged his challenge, a guy named Damian Dark. And this kind of sets up stuff for season four. Oh, he, yeah. he joined the league at the same time as Raish, but you know, left the league with like a, a an amount of the the water from the Lazarus Pit, and now um, leads a group called Hive, which we've heard of before. They were the ones that ordered the hit on Diggle's brother. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, they're supposed to be playing a major part in season four. All right. So um, Oliver has his uh, assignment: go kill Nessa. Um, back in Starling City, Diggle, Felicity, and Thea are, are hanging out, having some some food and some drink and talking, and um, kind of you know commiserating. And now that Oliver's gone, they kind of talk about him like he's dead, you know, like you know, yeah, gone but not forgotten. You know, Diggle gives mm-hmm. that that um, that toast. Uh, right. We cut to this really cool by one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode with Laurel and Nissa. Um, they take out a mugger and then they go to a diner mm-hmm. <laughs> and she oh, gets, she's she gets so her first cute. milkshake <laughs> and her first <laughs> dipping of fries and said milkshake. Oh man, it was so cute to see that. I think it's the first I time like I've ever Laurel seen her more. That's the yeah. first time I've ever seen her character smile. And I stuff. like Laurel more. You know what's I think what's missing with Laurel is she has no other women to, to I think we had talked about that early on too, that something's missing. Like Laurel doesn't have any any other women mature women to bounce off of because her talking to nissa makes her better mm-hmm. it makes her come off as a better character when she's talking to when she's dealing with with her it, it she comes off as a totally better character than she has been she's in a not long just, time she's not just d- delivering like moral platitudes or dr- talking down right to someone. she's actually like right like when she had that conversation with cisco last episode you know mm-hmm. that was a laurel we don't see very often we had talked about that how she did that they needed to add maybe an older female cop or something to the show as a regular, remember we talked about that mm-hmm. way back. Yeah, well, yeah. The and other, I think the other this... thing too is she's she's been seeking a true master to help her, and I think she wants that in Nissa. But also at the same time, you know, she never really understood what Sarah became completely. <laughs> she never really got the 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 deep insight of why Sarah became what she did, and. Right. This is the person that fell in love and had a relationship for years with her sister, and I think she's kind of um, endeared to her, partly because she wants to learn more about her sister and who her sister was, because this woman obviously was a giant influence on that. Right, but to, I'm saying, as just for just for a story standpoint, it period for the show, she needs. She needs a friend. I think they need another female presence on the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's Somebody. not really getting that from Thea so much because Thea's no, more she's tied too into, young. And she's tied into other storylines. She really doesn't right. interact with Laurel and everyone else. So, right. They have a different dynamic. The same thing with Felicity. Laurel and Felicity have a different dynamic. They don't come off as friends like that. Like, they're, they're, it's too fresh for them to be. They don't have that. They're colleagues. Mm-hmm. They don't have, yeah, they don't have that second language that friends have because they have those stories are just that's not just the story they've had. It's just not it for them. Plus, they both dated Oliver. I mean, it's not, it's kind of a eh type of thing when they're together. But with her and Nissa, there's no previous uh, history, meaning that they don't have any of those um, pro- hangups about them. You know, it's just those two people. They they were friends. They loved her sister. That was the the connection is Sarah, 
And from that, they have like Laurel's learning new things. This is learning new things. It's just a, a friendship thing. And I think that if she, if they could introduce a cop, a female cop that's a regular, because they have no cops that that are you know, or no they regulars. have every cop in the world, or they have <laughs> every cop in the world. Them, yeah. They don't, they don't have that. Like we, even with Flash, you, they know the captain a little bit, and they know, you know, they had Eddie, and they had, you know, so you, you kind of have a little bit of that, but. For Arrow, I really think that they, if they added another female to the show, which wasn't somebody tragically tied to any of them, but just someone who is a friend, she 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 meets a, meets her or she knew her from school or whatever the case may be, because she had a friend before when she was in, in the when she worked uh, independently before the DA office, she had a friend, a best friend. Remember? Mm hmm. In the office, the, the she's a cute girl. She had a best friend in the office before the I they, vaguely they blew up the glades. She was better with that friend because that was the friend she could talk to about all the crazy stuff that was happening with Oliver and and uh, Merlin and stuff. And it, and it came off better when when you had that. And I'm trying because I was trying to figure out why do I not like the Laurel character so much? Like where did it come from? They took everything away from her. She had no friends. Right. They gave her a drinking problem. She was coming off as very clingy to Oliver now that they had kind of moved past them being together anymore. He wasn't in love with her like that. So they kind of brought, took all that stuff away from her, but they didn't replace it with anything. Well, they made so her she, very 2D and vanilla in a well, way. She became the foil, too. She, she, yeah. tying up time. I'm sorry, but I just, it just, no, no, it's okay. Not to mention, I love dipping fries and chocolate shakes. Just saying. Mm, Don't people, we all? Most people do, dude. Hey, come down to the, come down here to the south. The people Shoot. down here think it's crazy. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's I don't want to go down there if they think it's crazy. Exactly. Because uh, from the time I can remember, I go to McDonald's, get my fries and chocolate shake. Laurel fesses up to Nyssa that um, for three weeks that she's been lying to her, that Oliver did accept her father's author, offer. Party over. Yep. And you know, after lying to her father all that time, you think you know she wouldn't lie so much, but mm. oh well. The uh, Oliver and the League come to Starling City to try to take her down. Nyssa refused team, refuses Team Arrow's help and goes to face him alone on the same rooftop where Sarah died. Of course. But Oliver is able to disarm her pretty quickly, and he's about to take her out when Diggle and Black Canary, with her new and approved Canary cry, thanks, Cisco, yeah. uh, show up and yep. save her. Um, out, outnumber Oliver flees by jumping off the side of a roof. Um, we need this now for next season, because I'm getting tired of Oliver getting beat up all the time lately. He's the better fighter now. Yeah, and he's like the big bad now. Yeah. Which is weird. What's that line from The Dark Knight? You know, you play the hero or stay long enough to be the villain? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Diggle and Felicity are shaken by what happens to the new Oliver. Nissa explains them the League's brainwashing protocol. They believe, but they believed Oliver would fight back and wouldn't forfeit his soul. But unfortunately, they're wrong because they go to Diggle's house. Baby Sarah's <laughs> there all by herself, and Lila is missing. Yeah, oh, that was so kind of shocking. To me. Yeah, that was cold blooded, really man. I was scared they killed her though. Yeah, I was cold blooded. That was cold blooded, man. Mm. Uh, Diggle's desperate, of course. Um, Oliver calls and tells him that you know Lila will, will be returned to him if he hands over Nissa. Mm -hmm. So you know Nissa's like, "Hey, dude, you're my buddy, but it's my wife." <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty uh, much. Put compassion aside here. Um, but Laurel reminds him that that's not how they do things, and there's always another way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Lila tries to get through to Oliver, no dice there. Um, trying to explain you know, what a good friend Diggle was and how you know Diggle joined your crusade and everything, but he is just not having it. He's not hearing it. He is a sick him now. This also kind of explains, you know, her talking to Oliver like this explains why Diggle seems to be taking it even harder than Felicity that Oliver has kind of betrayed them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, Diggle, Felicity, and Laurel and Nyssa show up in the meeting point and exchange Nyssa for Lila. But Team Arrow breaks out a bunch of concealed weapons, tries to fight back, and they put up a decent effort. Kind of cool, though. Yeah, it Shots was cool. Rang out. Yeah, but uh, league the league captures this anyway. Oliver and Digga duel, Diggle duel. Uh, Oliver overpowers him, is about to kill him, but then Arrow or Thea fires an arrow in his arm. You mean Speedy? I'm sorry, Speedy. Speedy fires an arrow <laughs> in his arm. Yeah, threatens to send another one through his eye if he doesn't let Diggle go. Um, I gotta give it to her though; she pulled it off. That suit, she sure did. I, was I got, so, I was I surprised. Was I was skeptical. I was really skeptical about her, but she pulled that that suit off. Mm-hmm. She really did. And the attitude, and the attitude. I thought it was perfect. And Oliver and, didn't recognize her at all, even after she I shot think her. he did. Because why did he stop? Like I, he could have took her out. I thought he did at the at. At her after she said what she said to him, I thought when she realizes him, she, I I thought that he pulled back like I'm not gonna kill my sister. Like I think that that was the smack in the head to to turn back, and we got her, we got Nissa turn back. Let's go, but let's not because he could have t- took them all out. That would have been well because he's become what he's become because he right. was saving Thea, you know. And I think that that was the I think that was the one thing that maybe that maybe maybe hit him in the head a little bit, just a little bit, to make him stop. Mm. No. Because he pulled he back when he didn't have to. is he unless it's the... Because uh... I had looked at it, I looked at it twice. I watched that scene twice because I was trying to figure out why he stopped. Like, did he stop because of... He just stopped? Or did he stop because he saw that that was his sister and something in his head told him... No, you're not going to go past that point. I, I really think it was the latter. I mean, because that was my impression right off the bat was he recognized her. Just a little bit. It was just a, it was a little something. He wasn't he's not all the way back at all, but he just it was just something. No, about no. It where He was like when he cleared when he I loved it when he took the sword and just cut the part of the arrow off. Didn't pull that it out. Just cool. cut the part of the arrow off his arm. And he and he looked at her and he was and he gave that look like. All right, like I'm. Let me pull back. I think. I think that's what it was. We'll see next season. You know, next episode. Yeah. If I'm, I if we're right or not. Subconscious. I think it was. That's what I'm thinking. It was the subconscious. This is, like this is why you sacrificed was for her to right. live. You're so not going to pass. Yeah. There's a line, and it was. It was like whatever it was. The subconscious told him you were not past this line. Like for whatever, even if you don't remember why, you will not hurt her. It's ironic considering he did all this to save her life. Right, you know? right. And now she's right. you know trying to take his. So I don't know. It, it was cool. We get back to Nanda Powerbot and Rachel Ghoul like starts rifling through Nissa's stuff, finds a black vial, mm-hmm. which is the real reason he sent her after Nissa Oliver after Nissa. He doesn't want to really kill her. Um, we get the double revelation that this is the Alpha Omega virus from the flashbacks. Finally what? makes sense. Yeah, it finally yeah, ties in. Finally, finally, finally ties in after all this time. Yeah. And the other, the other, um, well, going along with that, 
Raish wants um, Oliver to use the Alpha Omega on Starling City and finally erase the last uh, bits of his life as Oliver Queen. I hope they paid back Nolan for all of this that he gave them. And <laughs> and he wants her to marry. He wants her to uh, him to marry Nissa. Yeah, it's like I don't that even is- like dudes. Like, what are you doing? I felt so bad for her. I wouldn't fight it if I were Ali either. So or Al Sahim. Yeah, well, I mean, she is totally not. Into She's you, not in any way like that. No, no. I know. It's like barking at the wrong tree, literally. But for her to to pull back from her father because she didn't want to kill all those people, evidently she must know about that plan. So she is turning good. Like I, we talked about this early on in the show too. Right. Where wouldn't it be something if they were able to turn her into a, a good character? Well, I think you kind of see that, you know, with her interacting yeah. with Laurel, with her taking the Alpha Omega virus away from mm-hmm. Rache, you know, that kind of thing. So just don't uh, kill her off, please, please don't get waste ready for next week for the most awkward wedding ever. Yikes! <laughs> 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 and they both were in love with the same girl. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Woof! It's just a, this is an awkward. Uh, what do they talk about? <laughs> I mean, what do they have in common to talk about? I wonder if they brought in George R. R. Martin to write these wedding episodes. That'd be interesting. Um, it's interesting <laughs> though because we the the hive stuff explains stuff going back like way back into the Arrow uh, story. Yep. Uh, hive was responsible for the death of the death of Dale's brother. They were the ones that tried to buy Merlin's earthquake device last year. They were the ones that found the guy from the first Suicide Squad episode, Find Safe Haven in Markovia. Yep. And they're also the ones who hired Mark Shaw to steal the secret file from Argus. So Hive has been around for a while. I guess we're going to see a lot more of them in season four. Like, I think they will take the place of why of Oliver not feeling so guilty, maybe next season. And there was something at the beginning of the episode I wanted to ask you guys. Felicity suggests to Diggle that he needs some sort of concealment, some sort of costume. Yes. And Diggle's like, no way, I'm not doing that or whatever. But... Mm-hmm. But what do you think he should have? Who who should he be? Steel? Could he I be think steel? he. Sh- I don't know, but I think he should have some type of suit because he needs something some bulletproof. Yeah, he didn't exactly. have any, and you got to kid. Like I wanted to smack. I don't know whoever the writer is. You need to smack <laughs> him in the face and be like, "Look, I know they don't want to go the route of Diggle wearing a mask, but it makes no sense for a dude that's supposed to love his family to not wear a mask." Like or at he, least, he or at least wanna, not wear armor, like body armor right. or something. Well, he should want to do all of it because if those people ever recognize him, like he's going after some 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 bad people. Yep. Like why well, wouldn't you want to wear something to conceal your identity? I was expecting him to take up the the arrow cowl. Maybe not before. green, you know, but maybe not the exact costume. Maybe a different color or something. Because obviously. Well, I'm just saying is, you know, as far as the city's concerned, Roy was the arrow and he's dead. So if he shows up in that costume, you know, but, you know, he could come up with something similar that's, you know, an inspiration from the arrow or something. I don't know. I don't know. Just put on a black hood. I would, it'd be cool just to just to put on a black ski mask or something or a black hood to just cover his identity. Maybe he could be tarantula. He, I mean, he could. Why? That would I be mean, good. That's a good costume that would cover his face and his whole body, body armor. I mean, it's body, yeah, it's body armor. It's it's basically like a, a special forces kind of outfit. Or it could be Manhunter. 
You know, I mean, there are a lot of different ways they could go. I would go with Manhunter. I'd that love would be that. Awesome. Yeah, I military agree. training. Yep, exactly. Yep. Military training and all that. Yeah, it could be codenamed Manhunter, and they could do that in a, in a Suicide Squad episode, episode or whatever. When they do another one, it could be like uh, codenamed Manhunter instead of using his real name because he's just too flaunting with the identity stuff. Like, yep. no, you would not be running around like that. It's okay, and then you walk in the street someday. You went. You got your kid. And a stroller and some thugs that mm. you took down see you. Like, what if they by a chance that happens? What's, that can't what's, happen. what's to keep what Oliver did tonight with Lila from happening again? Exactly. You know? So yeah, they gotta. They need to give him something. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but just, but just something to cover to help him. Or keep just create a completely new character. But I'm I'm on board with the Manhunter thing. So I like that one. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's a good one. strong era this week. Again, all these shows are hurtling headlong toward the uh, toward their season finales. I mean, you can really tell. I mean, we're seeing a lot of plot lines come together, a lot of moving parts flying around. So, yeah. are we only getting a half season of iZombie? It, it's not going to continue in the summer, right? I don't know. I think it's a, I think no. it's starting out with a 13 episode season. Yeah, they usually start out with a shorter season to yeah, see. If yeah, I know Walking Dead did that. Yeah. So yeah. they're already seven episodes in, so they're probably about halfway through their first first run. Right. So. Uh, we have a Facebook group. It's pretty awesome. It's called the DC TV Podcast Facebook group. And yes. we want you to join it because we are awesome and you are awesome for listening to us. And we know I know for a fact that there are more people listening to us than there are liking us on, on the Facebook group. So please... Get on, on the stick. Get on the Facebook group. There's a lot of good discussion there. All your DC TV and movie news gets posted there. The podcasts get posted there first. There are all kinds of interesting links and stuff and discussions going on. Um, by all means, get on board. DC TV podcast Facebook group. Also, give us some iTunes reviews, people. Come on. I know you hear this on every podcast that you probably listen to. But we have one person who's giving an iTunes review. One. Yeah, I'm still going to do that contest, so you better do it. I know, we're still doing the contest. We don't want to give it to yep. one guy, man. we we got a free, you know, your choice DC Universe movie. You know, I, I don't know what more we can say. By all means, please, give us all the stars you think we're worth. I know we're worth five, so do that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We had a lot of uh, a lot of good discussion on the DC TV group this week. The first discussion uh, the thread that really I thought was interesting was the one about uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. Jim? Um, yeah. Can I can I stop the presses for a minute? I have breaking news here. Okay. We have a second review on iTunes. Shut your mouth. I oh, really? Who from? It is it is titled Geek Out Loud Fun for five stars from Mrs. Well Redneck and R E A D Neck. This is fast becoming one of my favorite podcasts. The crew is entertaining, mostly positive and well informed. The guys bust each other's balls and give funny retells and analysis of DC news and related TV shows. You can tell they enjoy the medium and are true fans. A fun listen. Well, thank you, Mrs. Well Redneck. Wow. Such nice words. I think we should just give her the prize right now. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have two reviews come on let's get up let's do it There's, you know what we're gonna run this up until the finales of all the dc tv shows this season that's what i i've made it i've go. made a decision we're gonna do it we're gonna give you the time to do it till till i zombie finale comes up and after that we will pick okay so i mean 
So far, we have two reviews from the 70,000, 80,000 of you out there listening to us. So come on, let's let's pick this so up. So remember, the contest is if you uh, you leave a review, the best review, the one that one that gets picked, will be the one to get their choice of any DC uh, TV show episode or movie episode. We will they will get it. We'll. Either send it to you digitally through iTunes or you whatever. It has to be a DC something, but whatever it is, like a DC episode or or a DC uh, uh, movie or Vertigo. Yeah, same, same throw V for Vendetta in there and Road to Perdition. Or... It it all counts. Yep, that it all counts. counts as long as DC put it out. We'll count it. As long as it's a DC, Warner Brother DC Warner Brothers thing, it counts. We uh, we got a trailer up for the last few seasons of the or the last few episodes of the Flash. It kind of has some clips there, a little bit of Grob, a little bit of Gen- General Eiling. Uh, definitely want to check that out. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's a nice teaser for the the rest of the season. Yes. Speaking of the rest of the season, Greg Berlanti, the um, you know, the mastermind behind the Flash and Arrow, says that Vibe is coming this season. Oh, so we only have a few, what three more episodes. So I mean, they, they need the sunglasses. This episode, so I mean, does he already know how to break dance? We have also have a really good um, article here with all the different Easter eggs and comics references in uh, the last episode of The Flash. Um, just in the newspaper alone, for instance, the Adam Hawk Girl and and uh, they call Arrow Green Arrow are all referenced. So check that out if you think you missed anything. There's a super interesting article that Rich put up actually about uh, DC Comics and what they have been doing as far as a uh, creator. Uh, writes in particular Jerry Conway, um, who wrote for for DC for years and years, and now and was a writer on the uh, the Law and Order series, the main Law and Order series for a long time. Uh, posted to Tumblr all about uh, using Caitlin Snow from The Flash as an example. He you know he had created her when he created Killer Frost back in the day, and that uh, DC was using both sides of an argument to keep from paying creators who had created these characters who got spun off into television and other things. It's a super interesting read, and I just totally um, simplified it way more than it, it should be simplified. But definitely come to the, the DC TV podcast site and check that article out because it is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, DC is, well, is and, and it's kind of since the, the, the departure of Paul Lafitz as, as head editor-in-chief, he kind of looked out for the artists and the writers to make sure they got their fair share. Now, since he's been gone, DC is, is more corporate and is kind of going out of the right way not to pay creators for their stuff. So, Well, and I'll tell you, I mean, Conway's – I've been reading Conway's blog for on for years before he even had it on Tumblr. And he has a lot of very industry insight, inside uh, information, you know, going back to different things in dealing with um, – DC, Marvel, all kinds of stuff with creators and everything. Um, and he, besides just that, he has a lot of very interesting topics. It's a good blog. And when I was reading it this week and came across that, I was just, I was, wow. You know, so yeah, um, it's a good blog. And that's a very interesting article. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've read books like Marvel, The Untold Story and things like that, you know the creators generally get, you know, strolled over, you know. Like the story about Len Wein, um, who created Wolverine, not even, you know, getting invited to the X-Men movie, you know, let alone any residuals or right. anything. So something like that. But yeah, this is uh, kind of sad. And uh, I hope I hope DC does the right thing and steps up and pays their people, you know, for, for creating these characters. I mean, they're making money hand over fist off these characters that were created by these guys. They should pay their properties before somebody has to take them to court. Um, 
We got a a picture of the Batman IMAX poster from the Superman v Batman event with the trailer, mm. but without mm. the Superman logo in front of it. So we can actually see what Affleck looks like as Batfleck. I think if they're going for that Dark Knight Returns kind of weary kind of oh I have to go do this again Batman, then uh, you know they kind of nailed it. it. Looks he looks weary. He looks battle weary. You know. Yeah, I think it's very Frank Millerish looking. So. Yes, absolutely. Uh, also, great news this week. Uh, for the first time ever, The Flash beat Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the ratings. Ain't that some stuff. They've been neck and neck that, for quite a while, but this last episode was was uh, well ahead of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s ratings. In the even with the plus stuff. seven stuff? Is that... Yep, even with the plus seven stuff, Flash wow. beat. Wow. Is... Uh, we had some good comments on that from our, our Facebook group. Uh, Brian Arnold, I enjoy both shows very much. It's a great time for superhero TV. I admit The Flash has been the best comic-based TV series this season, even more so, in my opinion, than Daredevil. Interesting. Uh, Tyshawn Jacobs says it is. Uh, I think it could be more enticing with its one universe, but all in all, a great show. But if lately, The Flash has been on a new level. I agree. Uh, Joseph Gaines chimed in. It is quite an achievement for the CW. It's as simple as The Flash is a better show this season. Even Flash's worst episodes, like the Bug-Eyed Bandit one, at least had something we care about in the Wells reverse Flash storyline. And Patrick Tony, the Flash season one is way better than Agents of Shield season one. So it's I not a, it's not that. a DC Marvel thing. It's just comparing two different shows. I, I do agree with that. Well, and I'll I'll even say that that um, episode of, uh, of Agents of Shield that it beat out in the ratings was a very good episode. So. That says a lot for it right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, to have to and it's connected to the movie universe, I mean, right, to beat it. Right. Right. Especially when it's the episode leading into the weekend of the Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. What's that? Age of, what's that? Age of Ultron? I haven't heard of that. I've never heard of it. I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I don't know either. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, vaguely familiar. I'm not sure. Um, we got our first picture of Will Smith on the set of Suicide Squad as... Deadshot. Uh, not in the Deadshot gear, but more, I don't know, he's kind of pimped out, I would say. He's got a leather jacket, the wide brim hat. Uh, he's looking pretty smooth. So, we got our first picture. Of, and... Well, I don't, yeah, he looks well-dressed. He didn't look yes. like a pimp. No, no, no. I didn't, well, I didn't mean... No, but I've seen I meant, people online say he looked like a pimp. I'm no, no, I'm sorry. I, may, I miss. I, maybe I misspoke. He, he looks and very, what, very, uh, very slick. He looks very uh, well, you know, well-to-do, well-appointed. And was he in wardrobe? Because I've seen Will Smith dressed like that, just walking, you know. Well, they're filming a scene, so I assume that he is. Oh, okay. I mean, because I think I the little girl, don't they have the little girl there? What, next to him? I'm assuming that would yep. be his daughter. I would guess so. Also, um, Ben Affleck was photographed on the Suicide Squad set. He was spotted in Toronto, and he was in disguise. So maybe there is a Batman cameo in this movie. They're trying to keep, uh, keep it under wraps. Well, it would be smart, Jim. I mean, think about it. What was that? The right before the Aquaman animated the. Um, oh yeah, assault, Ar- on, assault Arkham. on Arkham. Yep. You know, I mean, it was branded as a Batman thing. The Batman, you know, drew 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 people in. But like you have said many times, that's a Suicide Squad movie that just has Batman in parts of it. Right. And think about it. Suicide Squad's coming out before Batman versus Superman. No, it's not. So people. Oh, it's not? I thought no, it Batman vs. Superman is coming out in March, and Suicide Squad, I think, is, what, September? I think uh, so. in the fall, oh, okay. So. Well, yeah, that yeah. blows my... Because I was thinking, you know, it's going to draw people in to see the Batfleck no, early no. on, but 
I don't know. For some so, reason, I thought it was coming out beforehand. So, mm-hmm. well, what okay. I, I the speculation has been, I think that I've heard more people saying, uh, reviewers and stuff saying that it, he would be Bruce Wayne in the movie and not Batman. That could be too. I mean, I mean, we look. You got Joker. You got Harley. You have other Batman rogues in the in the Suicide Squad uh, uh, mm-hmm. milieu. There, it would not be a big leap of faith for him to at least have a cameo. The onset photo I saw today had Affleck with this big, you know, cape thing draped over him with a hoodie, and it was pretty obvious that the cowl was, you know, sticking up underneath that hoodie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. You never know. In about two weeks, we're going to be getting the trailer for CBS's Supergirl. Yes. And uh, Variety considers Supergirl a strong prospect to go to series, uh, just from the pilot. So I will be very interested to see the tone of that trailer. Me too. Yeah, and me how, too. how it fits in or contrasts with what we have in the rest of the uh, uh, stuff there. Um, Donnie Salvo wrote in, Dear Flash TV show, I love you. Which of and course I countered him on that. Said that he loves Flash more and she saw it first. And Luke said the only way to sell it was a fist fight over the Flash. Uh, Chris Garner won, though, with a better quote. He said, All I can say is stop trying to kill Cisco. If you want to kill somebody, go over to Arrow and kill Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's getting interesting now. Uh, and uh, Carlos Carmona chimed into Donnie and says, Donnie, you're cheating on Jason Statham with the Flash TV show. <laughs> uh, that's so true. So long time listeners and nothing's out, I'll understand that one for sure. Yes. Um, we got a few pictures of uh, the, the Nissa wedding, uh, impending Nissa wedding coming up, and it couldn't look awkwarder. <laughs> that photo. I'm saying, I feel so bad for her. I, I feel really sad do. for everyone involved. <laughs> I just uh. really do. It's the most awkward wedding ever. Ever. And then we uh, we also have pictures showing that Easter egg that I mentioned before about the arrowhead that we've been seeing at the beginning of every at the uh, you know the the break there the the title break on every episode in the third season is actually the um, brand of the League of Assassins and that is the brand they put on Stephen Amell in that yep. in that episode so pretty interesting um, and I think that covers it just about all the DC TV and movie news we have right now but uh, please join our Facebook group. And as I said, we post a whole bunch of news and, 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 and stuff on there. If you want to keep up to date on all the DC TV shows, and by all means, that is where you want to go. DC TV podcast, Facebook group. I think that brings us to the uh, the end of the show, guys. If um, if you're into geeky TV, and I imagine you would be because you're listening to this show, then by all means, head on over to the HHWLOD podcast and media network, uh, where we have all kinds of other shows for you, including... Uh, it's all connected. Uh, the Marvel Studios show. They cover all the output from Marvel Studios, including that loser show, Agents of Shield, that got trounced by the Flash. Oh, am I talking trash? Maybe a little. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, right. somebody from this podcast may have gone onto that podcast Facebook page and said, "If you like this, you'll really like DC TV," and sent a link. So, and somebody from this group may have gone over to their page and posted that article about the Flash being Agents of Shields in the ratings and saying, "I'm just going to leave this here." Oh, you troublemaker! <laughs> you too troublemaker! Yeah, I know. We like to stir it up. We um, didn't mention any names. We're just saying somebody. Somebody could be. I'm old. pointing you. I'm pointing you two out. It's you two. I'll just I say they're in it. Their initials are Richard Sheldon and Jim Dietz. So. Yeah. They uh-huh. have, no, I'm not even going that far. We'll say they have vowels and consonants in their names. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna there, say, you there you go. There you go. already out of you. He can edit that out. Yep. Culpable deniability. That's what I call it. <laughs> That's what I call it, everybody. 
fine. But uh, definitely go to uh, hhwlod.com. Check out that. Check out Out Now with Aaron and Abe, all your brand new movies, uh, movie review shows, uh, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Walking Dead TV podcast. We cover the Walking Dead TV show there. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff in the offseason. Uh, we're also going to be covering Fear of the Walking Dead coming out this summer. Uh, the six-part uh, series, leading, you know, spinoff series that takes place in L.A. during the outbreak. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, there's also the Whedonverse podcast, the Half Our Wasted podcast, all kinds of stuff over there. HHWLOD Media Network at HHWLOD.com. And once you've exhausted all of those wonderful podcasting possibilities over there, then by all means, mosey over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com because there is so much more stuff over there even. There's uh, Arts and Crap. There's the yeah, I Said It. There's No Apologies. There's Nothing's On, where you can listen to Daryl and I talk to Donnie Salvo uh, about TV and movies all the time. Uh, we have uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Comic Rack Snarkcast. All kinds of stuff over, good stuff over the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. Check that out over there. Run by the mogul himself, who you've been listening to for almost the past two hours, Mr. Daryl Taylor. The man, the myth, the legend. To know him is to love him. Oh, I'm sure he's thought of that before. So, everybody, until next week as we rumble on to our season finales. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining me, Daryl and Rich, for the show, as always. And we are Ghost. Good night, everybody. Follow at Yoda Jones and at ChubToad01 and also whatever Daryl's uh, Twitter is. At the Voice123. Voice123. Yeah, that one.